Craft Beer Radio, episode 324, on March 14th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio on Pi Day 3.1415. We're doing colches and uh, some other stuff. We're thinking spring. Yes, exactly. This is the, this is the most colch we've ever had on the show. Once I know, day. actually. So I'm like, holy crap, I have three colches <laughs> in the fridge. So uh, let's do do us up a colch show. Let's you do pick? us up a colch show. Well, okay, so let's go with the... Let's start with the Sam Adams. Let's go with the Kolsch's first. All right. So this is the Sam Adams escape route. They sent this to us. Hot with Strissel Spout and Aramis. Malts. They are two-row pale malt blend. They also use acidulated malt, flaked barley, and carafoam. Carafoam, that's new. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. They use their Sam Adams Ale... Yeast and 30 IBUs, 5% alcohol by volume, 147 calories per serving. It's uh, very bottle conditioned, so you could actually perhaps add a little bit of that. Here, let's blend ours together so we get the same amount of uh, cloudiness in the beer. So Kolsch is a German style. It's basically a... So warm fermented uh, lager. Which one was yours? Do you remember which hand I grabbed it with? I think that <laughs> was mine. Probably. Yeah. So this is kind of like it, it's the it's the no. lager version uh, you, of you a steam it. beer. No, you got that hundred percent backwards. A steam beer is a lager fermented at ale ale temperatures. Oh yeah. A okay. Kolsch is a German ale which has a Loggering period to it. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I've. <laughs> My mind must have been another place. I think it's, it's all the pie days screwing me up. <laughs> Probably. I feel so dirty playing that song because I was just bitching him on Twitter about pie day. But it's a, it's a decent pie song compared to what else is out there. Sure. If I see another picture of a pie. All right, so the beer, like I said, pours. Fairly cloudy. Uh, I wasn't very careful decanting it. I actually wasn't expecting a big, thick, heavy amount of yeast at the bottom of of, of you know Sam Adams Kolsch, right? And uh, yeah, so the head, uh, a thin, wispy head, kind of fell down quickly. The aroma you get—it's kind of a wheat-like aroma. A little more uh, yeastiness is definitely in the nose yeah. as well. There's a, a good amount of that fruitiness that comes through. I like Kolsch's a mm-hmm. lot. They're a, they're a very lively beer. They have a lot of uh, stuff going on f- for their lightness. So when you take a sip, the first thing you notice is, again, you kind of get that it's either from the yeast, but it's reminding me of a wheat type flavor. But then yeah. it gets into this big multi backbone, and I get that in the mid part of the taste. I'm gonna have to take another sip to figure out what comes next. To me, there's a there's a a, a lot of hops here. 
I'm getting a very big kind of sulfury bend to it. It's a little Brussels sprouty. That's interesting. This is a hoppier Kolsch than I'm used to, but uh, I'm not opposed to it. The sulfuriness I was actually chalking up to uh, the malts, you know, like something like what you get off of a Pilsner malt or something like that. Uh, was kind of what I was chalking the, the sulfuriness but up to. you don't to. get that, that hop hit? Take another sip. Hmm. I mean, I can taste the hops in there. I'm not getting anything I would call a hop hit, though. Doesn't seem okay. like it's really. It, it feels like it's turning me in. It feels like it's it's like a like a wall there of hops. It's definitely obstructing me from going further without getting in contact with the wall. It's very okay. noticeable, is what okay. I'm saying. the The malt character on this one is what I'm noticing the most as I drink it. And, you know, towards the end of the taste, you're getting this cracker type um, malt flavor that. Uh, I haven't had many Kolsch's in a while, so I don't want to pretend to be a Kolsch expert. But I was isn't really expecting the. I was expecting something a little more dry than than this one. I'm not saying it's not bad, or I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's it's not quite what I had. <laughs> now the acidulated malt. What is um? What do they do to make it acidulated? Do you know? No. I could guess, but I'd probably be wrong. We could look it up if we had... Is it kind of like acid wash jeans? I mean, what's the deal? Well, let's look it up. All right. Actually, my guess wasn't that far off if I had mm-hmm. guessed. It's a, it's a malted barley that contains 1% to 2% by weight of lactic acid. So it goes under some kind of process where they get a lactose uh, you know, growth in the malting process. I wouldn't know exactly... Where that happens, maybe. So it's kind of like an instant sour mash. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I, we I could have read a little bit more to figure out how the process works. I'm not sure exactly where in the malting process you you let it sour, but I mean that's what they do. Hmm. So it would give it a little bit more. I mean, it's only one to two percent, right? Yeah, so this isn't a, a sour beer. Yeah, it's not. But it, it, I could see where that would give it. Excuse me, where it would give it a little tartness. Or maybe that's why I keep thinking wheat when I'm drinking this, because it's a yeah. little more tangy. Because there's Great. yeah, there's no wheat in the recipe, um, and it you know it doesn't usually call for wheat. But yeah, I, I can see. But it definitely has a character there. There's mm-hmm. a there's a slight lightness. There's a slight kind of grass, uh, more grassy note than you typically get from barley. Right. Yeah. Actually, now that we've been talking about the acidulated malt, that last sip I took, you know. Because my palate is like looking for tanginess, it just tasted extra tangy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for it, it's definitely it's very apparent for you if you want to go looking for it. It's like that blue dress. <laughs> once you once you see it, once you taste it. Yeah. Actually, the next sip wasn't all that tangy again. Which is that one sip that some probably the velocity that I drank it or something. Cause it just to be a really tangy sip. Hmm. No, I still taste it. It's yeah. It's not. It's never going to be a sour beer, but it's mm-hmm. still going to, or even just you know, plain old sour, sour mash. But it does have some character there that you can pull out of it. Yep. This is the escape route from Sam Adams. 
What I love about Kolsch is they're really nice drinkers. Yep. I should say that was the escape route from Sam Adams. Because it is gone. <laughs> Bye-bye, escape route. It escaped. Down our mouths. New Holland has full circle Kolsch. It is a 4.9% 26 IBU Kolsch that is hopped with Mount Hood and German Magnum hops. The grains that are used are two row and wheat. And the yeast is a German ale yeast. First brewed 2003 slash 2008. So there must have been a time period when they they tried it mm-hmm. and then brought it back. I right. recommend seafood, corn, veggies, and mild white cheeses. This one's definitely doesn't have the bottle conditioning or the, you know, it's, uh, let's see. Poured very clear. I'm trying to see if there's any residue in the bottom of the bottle. There may be. It's hard to tell. But uh, beer poured very clear for us. I don't see any. No? (laughs) (laughs) Greg tilted the bottle a little too far, and now he has Kolsch all over his shirt. Well, no, that'll happen sometimes. Oh boy. You would think that's something we would do like at the end of the IPA show, not at the beginning of the Cole show. Like I said, I'm very off today. Something is not right. The Lego did not get assembled correctly. <laughs> All right. So the aroma on this one it has another multi type aroma to it. So maybe my expectation's <laughs> off. What? I just think it's funny because, of course, they're good. I mean, they're Kolsch's. I seem to recall Kolsch's having that more vinous type character to it. And even the aroma? Uh, like I said, you don't see Kolsch's every day. Yeah. So this one has a, a big caramel type bend to the aroma. Yeah. It kind of smells like hmm, something's tickling my memory here. Let's see if I can pull it. Although I really do like your caramel color. I'm also trying to figure out a good reference point for that. Mm -hmm. That's not just, oh, caramel candy. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. maybe, Maybe caramel popcorn, something like that. I mean... Yeah, that might be a good way to look at it. If you look at like caramel coated popcorn or maybe like Cracker Jack or something. Yeah. Ah, Cracker Jack. You nailed it. Yeah, now that I think about it, that is especially malty for a culture. Okay. Again, I'm off today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the flavor of that, again, malt, the malty flavors, the caramel type flavor leads the show. It, uh, let's see. <clears throat> Interesting, this does have wheat in the recipe, and yet I'm not really tasting it. At least not on that first sip. Yeah, no, the first sip was pretty much all malty. It kind of has a fuller body than I'd typically expect for a coach as well. Uh, it feels yeah. a little bit more. Like, I don't know what I would call it. Um, 
this doesn't have the tang also it doesn't have that citrulated stuff it's, mm-hmm. it's not a they're not using a sour mash for it or anything so It's a good drinker. It tastes fine. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let my hesitation make you think I'm not enjoying this. I'm enjoying it. I'm, my hesitation is trying to find things to talk about and like good. It, it, does, it feels a little off style, right? It, it feels almost, almost closer to an Oktoberfest in terms of, of, of in terms of the character of the malt. I was trying to figure it out. I was thinking kind of like Hellesbach or something. But it definitely has an ale-type flavor to it, though. I mean, so it it doesn't taste lagery. It has more estuary ale-type flavors in there. Yeah. So it's kind of... It has kind of that multi-body that you'd see in, like, a Hellesbach. And then the fermentation character is something more like... um, It's hard to say. Uh, Like a Kolsch, I guess. You know, I think that... They definitely use the Kolsch yeast, mm-hmm. and it is uh, just has a more of a malt character. Yeah, I would say listen to Jeff mostly tonight, because the <laughs> Matrix is very glitchy for me today. <laughs> it's a very good drinker. It's uh, Take those sips, they're very pleasing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very, very... I would I would love this beer like you know at the bar this would, <laughs> this would go down very quickly this yeah would... absolutely so you know all this talk where we're like oh it's not really like a Kolsch doesn't really matter if you like the beer and you're not entering this beer in a homebrew mm-hmm. competition it hardly matters yeah I can see having several of these but like, we need to tell you it's not like a traditional Kolsch yeah. because we all have to have a vocabulary and kind of talk where a beer is off of that common vocabulary. 4.9%, so it's reasonably sessionable, but it's not uh, mm-hmm. not terribly so. If you, if you drink a couple of these, you're still going to feel it. This beer was sent to us by the brewery. Joel remembers us. You know, Joel used to be the Philly area sales rep. Covered Pennsylvania or you know Pittsburgh as well. He's moved up and he moved to Michigan. Mm. He's big time now, but he remembers us when he was a little fish in a big pond or a big fish in a little pond, I guess. Well, thank you, Joel. That was really enjoyable. The third of three Kolsch's tonight is the 450 North Brewing Company's Honey Kolsch. This was also sent to us by the brewery. Nope, this is a Dave beer. Oh, I apologize then. This is Dave. Brought us a spear. I thought we got something for four fifteen North, but I might be. Nope. Um, They've brought a couple of these. We did probably the pale ale or the IPA on the show, hmm. and we have one more in the fridge. We got their ESB as well. Oh, one maybe two more. I think there's a there's a sixteen ounce can in there that's a, a Belgian winter warmer type thing. We need sure more that. ESBs. I I want to do an ESB show. I heard a very interesting thing about why we don't get ESBs here in Western or why Western Pennsylvania brewers don't make ESBs. It has something to do with the importer who brings in Maris Otter malt, like doesn't supply directly to Pittsburgh, so it has to go through a secondary type person. So the price point's much higher, and that's one of the that uh, the guy from Milkman Brewing told me that's why. 
people in this area don't make ESBs. Huh. Because the Maris Otter malt costs so much here. And you can't make an ESB without a Maris Otter? It's just... No, not really. Hmm. You can you can try to fudge it, but people know. People know. <laughs> people know. So 450 North Brewing Company's Honey Kolsch. There is not much information on their website about it, so I'm going to check out Beer Advocate and see what they have to say. I will check the can. Hey, there's a map to where the brewery is. Wow, this is a big, it's a big can, so they can fit a lot yeah. on it. Yep. It's a small craft brewery attached to Simon's Winery near beautiful Columbus, Indiana. Join us for a pint and a brick oven pizza. But as far as the beer... 4.6% alcohol by volume. We got a slogan. A taste of real honey in every can. A taste of real honey. <laughs> so I assume they use honey in here, but they only say it tastes. Yeah, okay. So I'm remembering that this uh, now because it's the cans that have the, the wrappers on them. So, you know, probably a portable canner you can buy to help them out. So the aroma on this one. Well, color first. Uh, it's a it's more orange than the last two. It's a moderately cloudy, fine head on it. The aroma on this one, knowing that it's called a honey colch, and you can attribute what you are smelling into too honey, but it has this really neat aroma where it's a little bit. Uh, I don't want to describe it. I guess it's a little more floral, right? A little sweeter, a little bit more floral. And if I didn't know it was honey kolsch, I'd probably have a harder time pinning it down. Yeah. But knowing it, you can definitely smell it. Yeah. When you're looking for it, you can smell the honey there. Mm-hmm. You can smell like, you know, the little honey bear that you have. And if you took a whiff of that, you'd get some. I mean, that's a really strong version, but you get some of that. The, the, the closest thing you say is honey. Pretty big honey hit in the flavor. It has a thinner body. A dry, or, honey does tend to thin out when yeah, it gets into it. It's, it's more aqueous body than, than the last two, which had these more like Bach-type character maltiness to it. This one's thinner. Has uh, some really good esters to it, though. I'm, along with the honey. Maybe the honey's attributing to this as well. But I'm getting kind of uh, some pear... I'm getting other fruity flavors in here that are pretty enjoyable. Mm. To me, the honey is a bit overdoing it. It's kind of it's kind of blasting the other flavors of the culture away, uh, and so you're getting a lot of honey up front, mm-hmm. and it. it so it loses some drinkability because of that, and it tastes a little kind of oversweet. I'm enjoying it. I, I It doesn't taste like the honey's a gimmick to me. It tastes like it, it's judiciously implemented. Uh, sure, it is not a clean, crisp, German-style Kolsch, but none of these have really been what I consider a clean, crisp German-style cool. I'm not saying that they have to right, be, but right. but I am saying that, that for me, mm-hmm. this is oversweet. This is too overpowering in the sweetness. Sure. And I was just using a long-winded way of saying I disagree. Yes. 
that's why we talk. <laughs> that's why we have a show, so we can be long-winded about very, saying very simple things. Because you can't see thumbs on the radio. Or fingers. <laughs> the middle one. Greg shaking his head. <sighs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Gotta come up with much more creative ways to give me a finger than that. <laughs> do it with your language like I do <laughs> to you. <laughs> if you pull past the honey, um, there is some kind of what those Girl Scout cookies, the, the, the very plain ones? They are the trifoils, trefoils. So they're basically like short I think that's bread, what they're called. Right? Yeah, just shortbread, yeah. So that that's kind of what I'm tasting underneath this, a sort of a shortbreadish flavor. Does it dump bucket over there? Uh no. No? Huh. No. Well that's a bummer. Yeah. It's not that it's not good. It's just uh, it's a pounder can. It's a bigger sample than we're used to, and we don't want to really waste. Them. I'm going to pause real quick and grab it. Commercial time? Yeah, I think it's commercial time. Let's do this. Oh, that's loud. Craftbeerradio.com/slash/amblin. No, no, no. Let's enunciate it a little bit more clearly. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's where we would ask you to go when you want to shop on Amazon. Cost you nothing more. We get a referral fee. Referral bonus. Easy peasy. Yeah, that's it. So the next beer on our list is the Zwickel Bavarian style lager from Urban Chestnut. 5.2% alcohol by volume. 19 IBUs. Hops that are used are Hillertau Pearl and Hillertau Middlefra. And the malts that are used are European Carahel, European Pilsner, and European Carafoam. Another Carafoam. Look at that. There is a thread in the show. Kind of. Sent to us by the brewery. This is probably one of our last Urban Chestnuts, right? We have two more, actually. <laughs> they sent us a hefty stack. Yeah, so which was great because there's a lot of styles that they do, so it was good to have a whole mess of them. This is kind of... I don't know if it's their flagship, but it's the one that you hear... A lot of beer writers talking about. Um, I've had it. We've had it when we were there. I don't have any particular recollection of it, so be, I'm looking forward to drinking it again. So you said that you expect it to be sort of like a hella, so kind of a sweeter. I, I didn't do any research. Yeah. You were saying what's well, Bavarian style lager, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean. Now that we have it open, we can taste it and figure it out. But I, I kind of just pointed Greg at like a, a Hellas because he was kind of trying to... He wasn't even sure where to place it. Yeah. So. It does smell kind of sweet. So Carafoam is a German dextrin malt. It's used for adding a body and foam to foam stability to pale lagers. Huh. It's like a grassy note. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's actually... Yeah, I'm a sod-like. There's a <laughs> kind of strong grassy note. It's interesting. I'm getting a little bit of DMS 
mm-hmm. coming off of it. You know, it's a Bavarian lager, so it's from a lager yeast, probably some Pilsner malt in there. And I'm getting something that's a little bit like um, some kind of vegetable. Let me see if I can nail it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty um, it's pretty sulfury in, in the flavor too. It's got it's got a little bit of a of a canned vegetable kind of taste to it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it's it's, yeah. it's there. But it's pretty smooth, regardless of that. It's very so. smooth. It it definitely gives you. I'm gonna have to take. A, I just had my first sip. I'm gonna have to take a second mm-hmm. one before I can really analyze this one. Yeah, so you get a malt up front, and it's kind of like, um, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a little like corn flakes. It's a little, but I'm not sure what the kind of cracker is called. But it's the crackers. You know, if you get like a, a bread bowl, like a cra- uh, you know, a bread bowl at a restaurant, uh-huh. it's the thin ones that are almost like like a saltine type cracker. But you know. When you get them from a restaurant, they're not saltine. Like oyster crackers? Not always. Well, actually, they're they're kind of like I mean, they're big square things, but they're more crispy than oyster cracker. But okay. they kind of taste like oyster crackers. So I'm getting a kind of uh, so that's a good actually a good call that I was going to miss. But that, I mean, it's kind of saltine, but you know, maybe a little more rustic than mm-hmm. an oyster cracker. And I'm kind of getting something like a malt, maltiness like that up front. And then it kind of goes into this interesting, drawn-out, hoppiness, maltiness play. And you get, uh, there's, there's some esters coming off the yeast, but, but not a lot. You know, it's a lager. And the sulfuriness that I was getting in my first sniff and first sip, you know, really really isn't bothering me. I think it was more of a calibration thing. We're going from all these ales Yeah, we're going to from a thing. honey ale, from a very yeah. sweet thing to something that's... Um, you know, definitely more in your face about his flavor in, in the in the sulfur regime, I should say. There's something that's just, uh, pretty satisfying about drinking this, though. It's, yeah, it does, has it, a medium body the whole way through. There's these subtle notes that are just kind of plucking different strings as you drink it. I'm it, trying to put more words to it. But <laughs> it's, best, more, it's more enjoyable yeah, than describable. The best thing I can come up with is it feels like how it feels after you've eaten a pretzel. So you have, I mean, pretzels, you know, nice, a nice big soft pretzel has a lot of, it's a very satisfying kind of uh, feel to it when you're done with it. And mm-hmm. that's what I feel after this sip. It, it, it feels like that there's a sort of satiation point that's been satisfied. The satiation point, that's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, because it's kind of like, after the beer is gone, it still puts a body in your mouth. Yeah. You know, there's there's this presence, and it's not just aftertaste, but there's this leftover, there's this after body that you're getting. And thinking back, I, I do notice this in other beers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of different German lagers right now because of all the other German lagery flavors in this one. I'm like, yeah, I've noticed that before in other beers, but I've never really talked about it or thought specifically about it i'm not sure if i have a f- ultimate point there i'm kind of just kind of uh exploring it on yeah, my own I, right I now. think it's it's um we, we've had pretzel beers before <laughs> but this is probably the most pretzel 
beer I've had in terms of the satisfying quality of it without it being, without it trying to taste up front like a pretzel. It's the best I can come up with, guys. Like I said, I'm doing an awkward day. Uh, so now I'm able to get a little bit more into the, the mid-palate malt flavor. Maybe not. I, I know I really like it. I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to describe it, though. I can I can see why I you know I've seen people beer writers about, yeah. talking about about the Zwickel Lager from Urban Chestnut because it's a satisfying drink and it's not it is boisterous your, in any particular way. But it's I mean, it's not your usual lager that you'd get from. I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. very German lager. But it's it's very satisfying in its own unique way. That mm-hmm. finding stuff that's really unique is with all the breweries out there, it's getting harder and harder. Right. And it's it's a reserved unique, right? It's yeah. not like, hey, look I'm super bitter, right? Hey, look I'm super lagery yeah. or you know, anything like that. It's just kind of yeah, the, the more I drink this, I'm at the very last sip of my glass here, and the more I drink this, the more it's coming together, and it just seems like an excellently integrated beer. Mm-hmm. That's it's kind of the, one of those endlessly fascinating ones. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not that there's anything that is jumping out at you and, and and screaming, but it's also you can keep looking at it from different angles and see different things. So that's really nice. And then we're going to go for a left turn here, our last beer of the night. It's another Dave beer. He went on a trip. He, he's currently stationed um, near Boulevard in Kansas City. But he went on a trip to Indianapolis and picked up some beers there. And that's where we got the 450 North, and uh, he picked us up some Sun King. So we got the Osiris Pale Ale here. All right, 5.6% alcohol. <sighs> 5.6% alcohol by volume. 50 IBUs, they put on their marketing speak that it is designed to showcase the hops without overpowering your taste buds. Okay. We just had a bunch of uh, pretty light beers, so it's interesting to see if uh, if they can live up to their promise. Big old pounder can. Very interesting. I mean, it's got the Egyptian thing on there, but there's a lot of colors to it. Like, yeah. It's a silver well, can. Well, look at the, the pull top. The pull, yeah. The pull, the pull top top's a, orange aluminum yeah. instead of just aluminum, aluminum. Aluminium for Dave. Not the Dave that brought the beer, but for the Dave that's listening. Or for Greg, right? You know who you are. Oh, I don't know how Greg pronounces it. I think everywhere but America, it's aluminium. Yeah, so it's going to be a calibration period on this beer. You smell it. You smell hops. Lots of hops. Oh, you brought me a a glass full of hops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's big, big hoppiness, and that's not what we have been drinking so far, so... Orange citrusy, uh, something that's a little bit piney in there. Not very piney, but just a touch. Yeah, this tangerine. 
I think it's, it, it's a good it, it's good to finish off with some like a uh, hop shocker. True. Hmm. Well, in the can they call this West Coast West Coast style American Pale. By our brewers for our brewers. It's um <laughs> definitely the flight is paying a huge role in this because all I taste is hops. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to try this in a different flight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how does is this an IPA yeah. pale label or is it just tastes like an IPA <laughs> because of our flight tonight? It's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Uh, it's going down very nicely. So it's 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 balanced, but it's still it feels aggressively hoppy because of what we've been tasting. On the bottom of the can, there's some uh, coating, not necessarily human readable coating, except for the I know kung fu part. <laughs> the can knows kung fu. <laughs> Or, you know, someone is trapped in the canning factory. <laughs> just <laughs> starts to go crazy and just to write stuff on it. <laughs> That's I mentioned the Matrix was glitchy and now they have a Matrix. So there's lots of through lines in this show. Oh, boy. So how do you want to rank this sucker? I'm going to see if I can describe it just a little bit more before we All get right. into the rankings, but... I mean, there's it's not all hops. There's there's a, a maltiness to go with it, because, but because of the flight, you know, it yeah. just tastes like mostly hops. It, it's a it's a, another good drinker. We picked mm-hmm. a bunch of good beers tonight. Um, nothing was really hard to drink. The the four fifty North Honey Kolsch. The main reason I put the rest of that in the dump book it was just mostly for time because no one wanted to listen me listen to me spend another five minutes finishing that beer off. Um, but I had no problem with finishing it. Um, so I'm going to place it. Let's see here. It's tough. I, I liked a lot of the beers. Yeah, they're. I can start from the. I'm going to start from the top and figure out the bottom as I go. Because okay. starting from the bottom in building suspense, just too hard. Because the bottom three are, are rough for me. This is Wicca Lager. I think is going to be my favorite beer of the night. Mm. Um, it was just such a good drinking experience. It had a this this through uh, story. It was one of those beers that told a story as you drink it, and it just had this through story that was just so interesting. And that that instead of aftertaste, that after body that it had was was quite interesting as well. Uh, number two, I am going to put the, it's tough, the bottom, you know, the next four are all like yes. neck and neck. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the Osiris in second place. Uh, I don't know why. I mean. As I as I talk through the other ones, maybe maybe I, I'll figure out why. It just the the next two Kolsch's. Let's see the full circle. Uh, 
Sam Adams. It's so hard. And yeah. I'm just trying to give an audience the answer and actually rank them. Uh, so what I liked about the Full Circle was I thought it was superbly good drinker. Yeah. I did like some of that tanginess that the Sam Adams put with that acidulated malt. Right. Right. So I'm kind of like, does that put it in front? Does it not? They're they're virtually tied. It's your ranking, but... Uh, I know. I'll, I'll do... I think that the overall drinkability of the full circle puts it in third place. It was just, it was really good in the glass. The Sam Adams is right behind it. It had interesting notes, especially from that acidulated malt, that little tanginess that made it taste a little bit wheat-like. And then I'm going to put the Honey Kolsch in last place from 450 North. I liked it. Um, it had some neat esters and some neat floral type character from the honey. I just, uh, but the bottom four, everything other than the Zwickel, were practically tied for me. Um, I'm going to separate out the, the the top one and the bottom one. I, I didn't like the 450 North as much as you did. I, I thought it was oversweet. I thought the Zwickel was, was really, really something special. So that's my number one. Then then the middle three are just, they're, they're all very good. And so it was a question of how do I rank them? And so the way I... The way I decided was that I was like you. The um, the New Holland was the more drinkable of the of the other two Kolsch's, but the Sam Adams was really interesting. So those two go in front of the Osiris for me. So it goes Urban Chestnut, New Holland, Sam Adams, Sun King, Fifty North. So that's that's how the ranking goes. Thanks everyone for listening to Craft you know Beer Radio. Check it out. Believe it or not, that's the same pie song that we started with, <laughs> just a different part of it. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, we can hit us up at beer at craftbeerradio.com. That's the email address. If you want to use Twitter, it's at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, and at Craft Beer Radio. And uh, if you only use Facebook or Google Plus, uh, we do have pages there, which go mostly unmonitored. So. Yes. The song is Hard and Firm, Pi, Chris Hardwick and Mike Furman. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. <laughs>